Blog Talk Radio. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame. Amidst the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Rabia the mystic, a beautiful, beautiful Islamic quote. Good morning, welcome to You Are Okay, and I guess it's other times today and other places. So good day to everyone. I am Mara, and my co-host is Brian, and he is on the other line. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Mara. Good morning, listeners. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent Him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with us. We will be healed as we let him teach us to heal. Welcome back, Mara. How was your vacation? You know, it was so lovely, and what's amazing is that I not only have that vacation, but I also have, I'm going on another cruise at the end of September, so I, I like, am off of one and getting ready for another, and what a glorious place to be. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm truly blessed, my friends, and that's part of what we're going to be talking about today. And Niall's uh, Be Still Thy Soul is playing right now, and uh, the words for that particular song, and next week uh, I will read them for you again. It is a song that was part of the Firing the Grid, which occurred two or three years ago when people all around the world dropped what they were doing at precisely the same moment, which meant some of us got up out of bed at four in the morning and some earlier to go and, uh, if you lived in Hawaii, that is, and uh, we went and we all prayed together to fire the grid and shift the way people think and feel and react to each other and believe it or not I think we succeeded to feel a difference and it's that feeling a difference and perhaps partially what I was saying about what I'm doing at the end of September and the fact that I'm still planning on another vacation that um, caused me to write our title for today what does peace feel like because I'm coming to know that I don't know that it was ever what I, how it feels may not be what I thought before I found it. And now it's more than anything I can find words to describe, positive words to describe. So now, Brian, I gave them a little lead-in from your question, how was my vacation, and tell me about your two weeks. I it was a week. How, tell me about your week. Well, actually, um, going back two weeks ago now, yes. I just recently decided to do or was felt led to do a new segment on my radio show, which is offering meditation in the morning. And it started out by doing it um, every weekday and quickly turned into being every day. And it started out being at 8 a.m. Yes. And quickly turned into being 7 a.m. So now, as of today, but it's first time today, every show I'm doing a meditation, 30-minute meditation, every day at 7 a.m. Pacific time. (gasps) Brian, I think we're competitive. 
it's not on Fridays. No, mine's at six. We're gonna be, if people listen to both of us, they're going to be very meditated. <laughs> they're going to be very That's meditated. That's the idea. I want you to know I'm teasing you. <laughs> so, I know you are. You know what? They're, they're gonna, <laughs> and listeners, there can never be enough people helping others meditate. Never, never. That's what the whole Firing the grid, what I talked about a few moments ago, was about is is the idea that we need to pull up and inspire in ourselves the uh, the best of us and the peace that's within us and the recognition that God is with us every moment of every day. And that comes from developing a, a meditation practice. And and I think I've said this before, if we only needed one person to do it, and that's what's scary is some people think there's just like one person out there. There's not because everybody's got different needs, different feels. They respond differently to to words that are being put out there. Some people uh, respond in uh, a more positive way to a female voice. Some respond in a more negative way. I have to tell you, I have a friend who absolutely hates it when uh, the meditator, what word does he use? He, in his mind, the person who's leading the meditation changes their voice. And, and by that, I mean they talk softly. And I know sometimes I do. And it's interesting, whenever I do, I think, wow, if, if Hal were listening to this, he would think that this is just a terrible, terrible meditation because I am um, not using my normal human voice, as you would call it, but instead they speak, um, I don't know what word I want to, what word would I use? They speak... Calmer. Calm. Sometimes I do it, so I know it's because you get at such a place of peace yourself that you say... Oh, you know, and you just talk very calmly. Oh, he says there's a lilt in it. The lilt I don't know about. But he doesn't hear it in me normally, And uh, but they are. And some people respond well to that. I've been to meditations where they spend a lot of time playing a crystal singing bowl. Let me tell you, I love that. I've spent hours trying to learn to play any singing bowl. Uh, in fact, I have a singing bowl part that I <laughs> I could play here. I think, oh, they may have taken it off already because I didn't use it often enough. I had like this little singing bowl, and Bob one day, he didn't know about the singing bowl. He knew I was looking for music, and he he told me that his guide said that I could even use that discordant music I like, <laughs> which, which was his to it being discordant. He says, my impression of it is discordant and shrieking. And yet in me that resonates with sound that I love to hear. So I love to go to meditations where they're playing the bowls. But some people don't. And so we need all the variety we can have. And with that said, Brian, I say namaste to you. Good job. I started off doing mine every day also. I was injured at that time. And um, and I'm, I'm not quite sure... Um, now and again, I'd say, oh, I'm going to do it every every morning again. Right now, I think Friday mornings work well for me. It's it's like a good lead into the weekend, and we deal. I, I try to give a meditative practice that people can use for the week, and I periodically will have people say, I, I do this every every night before I go to bed. I listen to the meditation and practice it every day, and so it's. It's tend to be something that, okay, let's work on this. And, um, you know, and that's what it's all about. It's letting go and letting God, and that is so hard. It's just so immensely hard. So are you enjoying it? Most definitely. It's, um, it's one, of the, one of the things I've realized in doing it is that it helped me because I wasn't always spending enough time meditating myself, and so it helps me to bring myself to that place each morning. And then, of course, with the intention of sharing and caring for the listener, 
and having the intention of being here as a opportunity that they can take advantage of to participate in a meditation is a wonderful practice for me. And so I am enjoying it immensely. And I'm finding that at first I was kind of getting into this feel of somehow having to put together a really wonderful meditation and trying to figure out what the topic would be and whatnot. And very quickly, because that was something I experienced when I first started doing my radio shows in the first place. And very quickly, I have decided to just let all that go and allow myself to simply wake up, inquire to my guide, to the higher self, whatever, what the show should be about, and then flow with it. Yeah. And then sometimes Perfect. things that come out of my mouth during the meditation are not what I particularly had in mind as to how oh. the meditation was going to go. <laughs> that happens even on this show to me. I go, where did that come from? <laughs> but it's always a good really thing. smart. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Absolutely it's a good thing. Sometimes it takes a very complex thing and puts it into so few words that I think, gee, I wish I could talk like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Other times I think, gee, I wish I would remember that. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I, absolutely. Just letting God inspire the message. Just mm-hmm. letting God do it. It's wonderful. That's what we do here. We kind of, These topics, folks, uh, generally are topics that come from... Uh, what I call my guides, uh, some people call their higher self, uh, I call my guides because I, I am a heightened sixth sensor. And so uh, in a world of schizophrenia and drugs, um, uh, you know, I do feel other people. Uh, I do feel energies. I've done that here on, on the computer uh, where people have called in, and I've ultimately been able to connect myself. I, I guess what it is is that the people who expect that they're heightened six centers who recognize it. We've been different our whole lives because we always had another foot on the side, or a, a foot, excuse me, not another, a foot on the other side. So we always stayed connected to the whole connection of everything. And so when we feel other people, and I'm trying to describe this my way, other people may describe it differently. But for me, what I have come to recognize, it. I never thought that I could feel anyone that I wasn't in with. So they weren't in the same room with me. And that was my beginning feeling. And then I started blogging on Zanga. Or blog, no, no, uh, blog it. It was some place where they paid you, and I can't even remember, blogging network or something. And so I'm blogging on there, and this person asked me if I could do readings. And, oh, no, she if she could talk to me personally, that was it. And I said, of course. So, you know, we, we talk on the phone. And suddenly, bam, all of the same energies that I was feeling when I was in with someone, I was suddenly feeling with her. And that brought to mind immediately what my friend had told me, that uh, when we're on the Internet, we are communicating in our purest form, which is energy. And so I'm thinking, okay, and suddenly I was able to give her a very crystal clear, right on, dead bang reading, which I knew nothing about her. I had never, no way I could know any of that stuff. It always amazes me. And, and it always amazes me that it's just possible, I guess. And as I do this, I get a feeling of being surrounded. And that's what I call my guides. And I've had a guide, <clears throat> just informationally, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm, I have a bit of allergy going. I have had a guy, I'm a sensitive. <laughs> I truly am. I'm just a sensitive. I'm the canary you would have put in the cave uh, to find out if there was air. So anyway, um happened when I, I've had a guide my entire life, although as an adult uh, I have, he's, I've let him take a lesser role and, and he he was there to see me for, through my youth, and I, I have stronger guides now. Well, I don't know if they'll ever want be any stronger than T, and that's what I call him is T. I've had him. I started talking when I was three weeks old, and um, when 
I was able to pull myself into a crawling, kind of a crouching crawl kind of thing uh, and, and begin moving my body, I would then move my body and I would be saying T, T, T. I would be looking for him. And when I found him, I would, uh, my mom says, you know, fall into laughter and excitement at, at finding T. And it was like he, and so my mom had considered him my invisible friend. But, see, I come from a family of heightened six senses. My great-grandpa, or my grandpa, not my great-grandpa. Uh, my grandpa was a physical healer. He was a hands-on. He laid hands-on people. And my grandma, uh, my, uh, my dad's side, uh, was a psychic, a seer. And so um, <clears throat> everyone's accepted that I'm weird because I've always been weird in my life. I've been different. But I'm not the only one came from that gene pool that's different. Uh, I have a cousin who lays hands on and so on. And um, so what happened is I'm telling my mom now when I finally come to grips with the fact and really to out myself, uh, on some level, a lesser level maybe, but in, there are times when I'm not sure a less life-threatening level, at least until we fired the grid, um, saying that you're a heightened sixth sensor, saying that you're psychic, saying that you feel words in your head. I don't hear voices, I feel words. I feel sensations, energy. Saying that you know what's going to happen in advance, and I'm going to have you talk on this in a second, is, is almost, out yourself on that is almost as, as dangerous as putting yourself as a homosexual. And in fact, there have been times in history, frankly, when it was more dangerous. You could be burned at the cross. You could be burned uh, on a cross as a witch. Uh, you could be thrown into a hospital and, and sedated with psychiatric drugs. Have uh, those things, those electrodes, elect. What is that called? Electric shock. Um, and um, you certainly could be ostracized by your community, which is what the letter, you know. A symbolized for me, even though I recognize was adulterous. So, I mean, there's a lot of negative stuff that's very similar. And so outing yourself and saying, this is who I am, to the point where I seldom deny who I am. I don't go to my board and say, hey, I'm a heightened successor, but I certainly told my boss. Because I feel, she says, well, you felt this, and it was right. And what do I say? Oh, I'm just so great. I'm not. It's not me as a human feeling it. It's I'm being told, <laughs> you know, I mean, what can I say? All other people's things. I feel motivations. Not always, just sometimes. So um, T was my guide, and I tell my mom. I'm, I'm ready now to start outing myself, and I tell my mom. My mom gets a beatific smile on her face, and she says, T, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad to know. She says, we always wondered who T was. Your Uncle Carl thought you were calling the kitty. And I said, no, she calls the kitty Tat. And your grandma thought that you were looking for, told me something else that my grandmother thought. And she said, and, or my, she says, your grandmother asked, who is T? And she says, I told her T was your invisible friend. So I have literally had guides to the point where when my guys, when T uh, stepped back, T will still come in if I invite him. But when T stepped back, he introduced me to the next one, who was Gabby or Gabriel. And now I have a combo deal going with Gabriel and I believe Eleanor. Uh, so it's, they, literally I'm given names for what's happening. So now, folks, some of you out there listening think this woman is certifiable. It's very brave to come out and say this, but you know what? It is who I am. I can't change who I am, and uh, I won't take drugs. You know, I would never take drugs. Some, one of my friends told me that, uh, or maybe I read it on the Internet or heard it on the news, that they had now decided that there was a different brainwave going on in our heads, Brian, yours and mine, and this brainwave, because we're heightened six sensors, this brainwave could be controlled if they just gave us that we're really having epileptic seizures. So what's the solution? Yeah. Drug us. It's make us normal. And uh, I said, oh, my God, I, I'm, not, I'm not having epileptic seizures. <laughs> I'm sure of that. You know, I, I am simply sensitive. I'm a sensitive. And, and many people, all of us have sensitive abilities. Some just come with a few more, and that doesn't make them special. 
It just means they have the genetic pool that makes it possible for them to vibrate more. And the design of God, I do believe that, so that they can come and they can share and help and get people to believe that we're all connected, we're all one. So, Brian, you're going to talk for a few minutes here. Well, I think um, some of the things you talked about just popped into my mind as things to respond to, and one of which was that I realized that we all are, as you put it, heightened six sensors. And as you said, sometimes you get intuitions that you allow to be heard, and then you get responses from, like, your boss who says, that happens to be exactly right. And then you made the comment that, well, it's not me. You were just listening. And that's something that we all really can, as you mentioned, there's this different brainwave going on. We can all get into that brainwave if we weren't, you could say, naturally flowing in there. Mm -hmm. And I agree. It's, it's one, of the, one of the ways we can do that is with meditation because it allows okay. us to slow down the heavier or slower brain waves that just cause the machine, if you will. And in stopping those brain waves and allowing ourselves to get into a calmer state, then we allow a different frequency to come in, and that raises the frequency of the brain wave and then brings you right up into that, quote, heightened sixth sensor brain wave to where then you are, you could say, susceptible in a good way to information coming into your mind that you can then use and helps you function easier and more peacefully in your life. So that kind of brings it right back to meditation. And I think that we've all had experiences, like you mentioned, to some degree. Maybe not as um, profoundly as yours and therefore not as being able to put our finger on it and say, yes, this definitely happened to me. But we've all had some kind of experience like that. And as we get into that higher brainwave, by allowing ourselves to, I like to, to call it sinking into it, which is the meditation, sinks us down into it and allows us to like, like getting into a nice hot bath, bubble bath. You sink into it and you begin to let yourself blend with it, and marinate in it, and that's the beauty of meditation, and so we can all begin to experience that more and more, and then the more and more of us who are experiencing that, we help in a overall vibration, we could say, the mm -hmm. collective consciousness begins to raise yeah. its consciousness wave higher, and it becomes easier and easier for all of us to beyond the same wave, wavelength, if you will. Yes, yes. So things like you mentioned firing the grid, and actually there was another firing the grid a couple of weeks ago, firing the grid too, that took place. Oh. And oh, and I wish I had known I would have participated. I, I so appreciate the first one. But as you see, there's more and more people wanting to continue to do these things. So I'm sure yes. firing the grid three will take place much sooner than, like you said, Fire on the Grid happened three years ago. And now, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, Fire on the Grid 2 happened. I wouldn't be surprised at all if number three took place a year from now or even sooner. And let me know, will you please, if, if you see it. Oh, if, if, if I'm here, if, I will let you know. I appreciate that. And we'll let our listeners know. Uh, and, and, you know, it's important. If I may say something that, of course, my guys are telling me to say right now, um, I was about 12 when my grandpa said something that was very important, and I would like to share it with all of you. He said, I do nothing. I am simply a vessel. And, and I think I really want to emphasize that point, that that people who are, are, are very sensitive, are very heightened six sensors, they do nothing. They are simply vessels passing information to help everyone. And, and to me, I'm looking around because I try to look for signals that finally we're seeing the way. And what interests me 
is is we really last week you guys talked about light and dark and 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 the the other side is all light, my friend. There is no dark. There is no hell. Uh, you know, even in that morning passage that I read to you, uh, uh, it says, you know, amidst the sparks of his flame. I melted amidst the sparks of his flame. Uh, in the flames I built only God. Um, all of that flame stuff, devil stuff, all of that is, is, is our human fear driving us we do not and brian and i spoke on this i think the show before this one we do not believe that it's possible to just love ourselves until we die that that we could actually all love and and sure there would be apparitions there would be people who didn't uh rise to the occasion but we would deal with those in love as opposed out of and, and empowering the fear, and, and we're in such a cross section in our country at the time. The evidence I see that firing the grid is working is the number of programs on TV that deal with heightened six senses. It's huge. Now, what's disconcerting is in many of those there are uh, there's there's the dark side of it, and there is a negative energy. There is a combined dark side, my friends. I have felt it. I have seen it. I used to consider myself in the beginning days a warrior before I became a peacemaker, and I have battled it. And uh, so, so, so there is a reality in that negativity, but that negativity is all fueled by human fears of inadequacy and not being enough. And the fact that we're now able to start opening our mind and accept that there are heightened sixth sensors out there and have television programs about it, not just the sixth sense and then years of silence. That's huge. And not just, and not just the negative side of it. I, I agree that the fear-driven side of um, super... I hate that word supernatural because that makes it sound like it's more than. That that fear inside of sensitivity, of, of uh, heightened sixth sensing, that fear-driven side with the witches and the cauldrons and uh, aliens and there's, there's a lot. I don't watch it because I, I just uh, I don't want to bring it into my mind. But it's real, and I can't act like that that isn't, that does not exist. I can't act like there isn't negativity in there people who have have made misguided choices. But the thing is, the choice is then for me to be my highest self and, and see more in them than they're showing me. And years we were inundated by the dark side, but not by the light side. And now look at your television lineup. If you watch TV, there is so much on the light side. There really is the medium, the mentalist, the ghost whisperer, and there are countless others. Those are the three that, that come to mind for me. There are others. And so all of this is, uh, is an opportunity. And even if, if your mind at times has been in the dark side, you, you, the glory of, of life is that in the next moment, can, as the Dalai Lama says, you rewrite the script. It's amazing. And since we spent so much time earlier talking about um, or mentioning carrying the grid, I went out and did get the lyrics for Be Still Thy Soul while we were talking. And um, I'm going to, to read those. And today I'm going to suggest that we kind of change the uh, format just a little because I would like to talk about how peace feels. I think Brian probably would like to talk about feels and then in the last 10 minutes what we will do that will give us about 20 minutes and you're welcome to call in 646-595-3584 and then in the last 10 minutes what i want to do is i i will start and then brian will pick it pick up and, and lead us forward and we'll go into a final meditation using peaceful music and ideally you'll be able to sustain that meditation after the show is over and uh, hopefully it will linger with you throughout the day so the lyrics for be still thy soul are be still thy soul relinquish this hold 
make thee again whole. Still thy mind, let thee unwind and seek out a shrine. Who's stealing the mind is a tough one. Harvest the gold that's planted around you, strand by strand, you'll be somewhat more certain. Carve out your role and reach heavens. All you can dream, what you can be, know that the sky will deliver. Amen. Or om. Bestir thy heart with journeys afar, and rivers of stars bestow thy love. On all that ye touch, and on all that ye may. Hence let it be told that rhyme will be reason, paint your world shades that will uplift you, and break, break from the mold, shake off the illusions, never again lost in dismay, all that you need is within you. Be still thy soul and fix on the goal. The tale will be told. Be still thy mind. Make thee one with the source of life. Make thee one with the source of life. Pretty powerful lyrics. Yeah. Wonderful. Our listeners can see why we start our show with with that particular song every time, even though we tend to talk a little bit over it. It doesn't. It does not. That does not change the idea that we're bringing forth from that music into the hour that we all spend together. So let's talk about peace and how it feels. I never thought that I would use this word positively, but it, it feels like nothing. So that I don't feel I feel I don't feel anything negative. Mm-hmm. I just when I hear something, when something starts coming into my mind that causes a negative reaction, it's like looking in at the chaos. I, I begin the process of saying, you know, God, I, it's normally it's coming from someone. Even if you're delivering a message, I just start sending to the, the message giver and the message deliverer, I start sending them good thoughts, good wishes, happiness, contentment. And as I'm doing that, I'm finding that now when I talk, I'm more inclined, not always, I don't always succeed, but I'm more inclined to use positive words, uplifting words that are not laden with judgment. And and they're not also laden with excuses. And that's the topic for next week is letting go of excuses. You know, it's just acceptance. And, and it, it's amazing. It's amazing. The beauty of the moment is so, I'm enraptured by it. And I know that there's a religious connotation for enrapture. And I think that I have been raptured. I feel that the foot on the other side has not only which is probably what I was saying in the beginning, and it didn't come out artfully, uh, that both my feet now are on the other side. I'm more sensitive to how other people are feeling. I'm more sensitive to the connection, the whole. And remember what I said, what happens is when you've got that foot on the other side, you are a, and you're part of the whole, you're able to parse out and find, for whatever reason, that little piece of energy that each one of us is. And so, I just, it's amazing, and it's been going on now, and and it's persisting. It's like a, 
the constant well-being feeling of being in meditation. And it's nothing in the sense that there is not, there's no strong emotion in me about anything. Yes. I think that's a wonderful description of it. It's, to put it quite frankly and quite easily, peaceful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What does peace feel like? Peaceful. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. yes, it's it's the relinquishment of all the emotional roller coaster games. I'm going up and down and roundabout and feeling really good in one moment and really horrible the next. And yeah. so it levels things out. But the beauty of it is although it can feel like you described it almost nothing at first, it's because there's that absence of the emotional roller coaster. But then when you really start to abide with it and really start to merge with it and marinate in it, you begin to find that this state of peace, which is your natural state of being when you let go of all the emotional roller coasters, is more, exciting is the wrong word, but it's more meaningful in every way, shape, and form than the highest expression of emotional ecstasy. Yes. And so although it's very calming, it's also very wonderful. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, the just the realization that you're there makes you smile. I do you I understand, don't you, the beatific smile on the face of Confucius? Mhm. Or excuse me, not Buddha, Confucius. I don't even know what Confucius looked like. Probably he had a smile too because I wouldn't have said that if that that wasn't probably true. But the beatific smile on the face of Buddha so many mm-hmm. times, you know, and my friends, it, it is such a wonderful place to be. At peace with yourself, at peace with the world, not needing to change anything. So, I mean, how do we get there? You know, you give up an awful lot of desire to be the director and directing people on who they should be. Even yourself? Yeah, it, the only person you're in charge of is yourself. Well, yeah. I was saying that even giving up direction on yourself at times, by saying oh, to yourself, sorry, I, I need to be a better person. By being your highest self is what I meant. Yes, okay. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, being your highest self, that's that's where you are. You, you um, let other people be who they are, and... You start, as you begin focusing on your best presentation and letting go of the boxes about what that means, and then letting go of the sense that you have to be perfect, and and living in the realization that even it, your peace gets closer and closer. I've said many times on this show over the last up on two years that you you come to a place where you remember where you left your peace. I can honestly tell you, as you evolve, you will come to a place where even when you may momentarily step off the line of peace, you will in the next moment step back on and be going forward. You, you feel that sensation within your body that that is is the signal that the chaos is ready to come in, and you can either let it in for five or ten minutes, probably not longer, but you could let it in or you could not. But even if you do let it in, it doesn't, it's not the impediment. You don't have to keep going over what happened. You now step back onto your peace road. And and I've come to recognize so much of. The discord that we bring into our lives is in the reliving of the moments that we lost our peace and justifying our behavior. And so now I say I'm not going to go there. 
I'm not going to talk about this situation anymore. I'm not going to repeat my words. And as a consequence, I move right back onto my peace path. So I don't have to be perfect. And you don't have to be perfect. Because we're in human form. We are perfect spirits in human form. But there is no set of rules out there, my friends, that you could follow that would make you a perfect human. And so you need to develop a system for giving yourself your black moments so that you can open your heart to your light moments and let them take over your life. And I think the way to put it in very simple words on how to actually do that yeah. is to recognize. First and, first and foremost, the way to make any sort of change in your life requires knowing or awareness. It requires recognizing that there is, quote, a problem. And in the recognition of any supposed problem, already you up to possibilities of resolutions coming into play. But when you have no idea that there's a problem, because in your actions and behavior, you totally agree with the actions and behavior, then change is not necessary for you, because you don't think there's anything wrong. And so often, when we realize that there's a problem, we begin to beat ourselves up for being so idiotic, if you will, for being a fool. And we try to get down on ourselves for past action, not realizing that only in participating in that game inside our head are we trying to carry the old with us instead of focusing on the new and saying, oh, I see now. There's a different way. And I'm going to be curious and try to discover more and more this new way that has so much meaning that I can see there's growth to be had in this direction. And so with that awareness, when it comes into play, we can then simply focus in this new direction and let go of the old and be in the present moment now, noticing and recognizing. And so we could say very simply that any action of fear, any action of guilt, any action that feels negative, any emotional negative feeling inside of our body is one of unconsciousness. Now let me explain what I mean by that. No one in their right mind no one who knows that there is another choice to be made would ever consciously choose to be in pain and to suffer from it. It just doesn't work that way. But when people feel like there's no other way to feel, like the grips of the emotional pain that a situation in their lives is bringing forth inside of them, they feel captive to it. They feel trapped and shackled to it. And therefore, they're saying to themselves, I have no choice in this matter. This happened to me. It sucks. And I didn't even deserve it in the first place. But that whole mentality is one that will keep you trapped in there. And when someone is doing that, all they're simply doing is not recognizing that they have another opportunity to choose another path. And so once the awareness comes in that there's another way, we need to simply realize that before that, we did not know that there was another way. Now we do. Today's a new day. Let us move forward. That's right. 
you know, that is so true, Brian, what you've said there. And and, and if I may say, uh, what if I might, I made the mistake, Brian, of, of going into the chat room thing while you were talking because I realized maybe I needed to do something. And so now let me just put three hearts and I'll come back because what you said that captured my heart had, had to do with the idea of feeling. I think that that's what it's all about, is feeling. And Neil Donald Walsh, in one of his little uh, Conversation with God cards, says, feeling is the language of the soul. And I would disagree with Neil Donald Walsh on anything, okay? But I am almost inclined to think that he misheard God there. Oh, here how brave I think that feelings beyond peace are the language of humans they are fear driven and that so our positive release and acceptance and peaceful feeling inside that is, and guy, there's someone out there who's just like stomach's all tied up, and and their throat too. Who's listening today? I can just feel like ah. But those feelings, uh, if you feel that way inside your body, that's that's what uh, empaths feel when they go by. Is they feel that tension, that negativity. Those are all fear-driven things. Those are not God-driven things, and they are not soul-driven things. And so they are they are the human side of our being and to to let go of feelings and relax in peace is 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 really a process. What Brian said to you a moment ago, I thought was so astute, it's a question of consciousness of the fact that if there's a choice between feeling this way and not feeling this way no one would want to feel this way. And that is so dead bang true. No one would want, no one wants this feeling that I'm feeling someone out there has right now today. Sore throat almost at the top of the throat, but not a sore throat, it's a feeling. I can't describe it any better. The, you know, the, the feeling across the top of the gut you know, down in the nagging, gnawing feeling in the in the stomach. The feeling over the, uh, actually I'm feeling more than one person, I think, the feeling over the uh, left um, breastplate, those stressful things, those are human feelings. And what Brian and I are talking about here is saying, you know, you can let those go. But you have to recognize that they exist. You have to pay attention to what you're feeling inside your body. Because I can tell you, when I feel the feelings that you all are feeling, any one of you or all of you, and I hope one person isn't feeling this, also underneath the left, the right breast, it's growing. I, what I say is God, love. I call God love because it, it makes me more aware of just the immensity of God and my connection to him or her. And so I say, love, what lesson is there in this for me? Let me see what it is that's going on here that has me of sorts with my peace. What lesson is there in this for me? so that I can then open myself up to the idea that I have some responsibility for these feelings I'm carrying here. But I don't have responsibility for anyone else's feelings. I can't make their feelings go away. But one of the big ones for me is perceptions. If people are perceiving me some way that I don't believe I am, you know what, I accept some responsibility for their perceptions. And I endeavor to show that I am not who they see me as being. 
not because their perception is who I am, but because I know who I am. I continue to be the person I am. And without fail, that normally will change their perceptions because I'm not what they perceive. But I don't become defensive and giving excuses. So you have to feel the feelings inside of you, my friends. You have to take ownership for your part of it. And then ask love to help you deal with it. And that's what we're going to do right now. That will be the theme of my um, beginning meditation. And today we're going to meditate to Daniel Kobayaka's Pathless Journey. And we're going to start it right now. And if you could all just get in a comfortable spot. We only have nine minutes. And I'm just going to begin it for you. And then Brian is going to take over. And so I'd like you all to get yourself into a comfortable position. And what we're going to do is we're going to allow the thoughts that interfere with your stilling your mind. You to mentally take them with your hand and move them over to the side and visualize that you're placing them on a table at the side. And with the idea that those thoughts will be resolved by the time we finish with the meditation. And we're going to pull your breath in as though you have a nose in the f- of your feet. So we're going to pull the breath, long breath, but you can sip it up. You can add more to it because I don't want you holding your breath. Then you become so focused on not breathing that you don't feel the wonder of God moving through you with your breath. Most of the time, my friends, the feelings I've been feeling today could be solved with three deep breaths. So what you do is pull the air up through the front of your calves, up the front of your thighs. Let's merge that breath together. And now let's take a little sip and add breath. And we're going to cross the base chakra. And you're going to be releasing all of your fears and you're going to, with that clean, clear breath that you've pulled in. So your next breath, you're going to take just a sip, fearless breath. You're going to move into your zone of your sacral chakra and you're going to inspire the creativity in yourself by taking a little bit more sip, adding in, and it's going to be creative energy. You'll come to your solar plexus and feel the yellow energy of the zone as you pull in just a little sip of breath again and pull in the healing energy. And now we're going to be healing ourselves as our fearless, creative healing energy courses through our body. You're going to come to your heart and it's going to explode in the green energy of love. Moving up to your voice chakra, your throat chakra, where the words that you say that harmed come out and the words that have been said to you that harm exists and we're going to release them all healing ourselves the effect of that those words coming to the zone of manifestation now pull your breath up past your third eye to your crown chakra over the top of your hair head and let out your breath so that it merges with God becomes divinely inspired and as you do I want you to reach out your hand and take the hand of love and if your dominant hand is your left hand then put love's hand in your left hand and now as you continue to breathe you're going to blow out your divinely inspired air and you're going to sit here holding hands with love and as you do you're going to allow your next breath to come in pulling it through your body and as you do visualize all of these pains that you have within you the self-doubts the lack of self-understanding and I want you to put the negative ones now. Put them course down your dominant arm and course into the hand of love. Feel love holding your hand as your hand begins to sparkle with the energy of that union. 
And as Brian leads us forward, every time a negative thought comes in your mind, even if it's something as simple, we don't have time for this. Simply allow it to course down your dominant hand and go into the hand of love. Brian. And as you feel this energy coursing through you, moving from your right hand to your left, moving all throughout your body, I want you to give your attention to it. Just noticing it, simply feeling it, becoming more familiar with it. And as you continue to give your attention to this feeling, to this sensation, all throughout your body, you begin to connect more and more to the truth of who you are. And in this simple experience, you are becoming more and more aware of the truth of who you are. And as I mentioned previously, in awareness and through awareness, is change possible. And simply by being aware now and observing now in this moment to feel all throughout your body recognizing and realizing the connection that you have right now in this moment. is profound, beautiful, and wonderful in its own way. And now let us spend the next few moments in silence, listening to the music, noticing the feeling, and saying in our own mind a silent prayer of gratitude. And when I usually send out a silent pair of gratitude, it is a simple thank you. But with that comes a feeling that just courses throughout the body and reverberates and is felt in every corner, in every crevice, in every cell throughout my body. First, now, spend the next few moments giving thanks and just being with the feeling. We're going to let the ha- the program end today with the silence, and as you leave, you will be holding the hand of love. Reach out your other hand and take the hand of your fellow listeners' love, and go out in a circle of love, and may you spend your day holding hands with God.
unfold you this week.